various things can cause adrenal fatigue, right? So we can have too much candida in the body, mold exposure can be related, or we can have not sleeping at night or just having a lot of stress, emotional stress in our lives, traumatic past stress in our lives. All of these various things can contribute to adrenal dysfunction. All right, everyone, welcome to Heal Thyself for another week, or maybe this is your first time, but welcome to the show, man. So much gratitude. We got a lot to talk about. If you listened to last week's show, that was on the TikTok health trends part one. You see, there were so many health trends, we had to break it down into two episodes. I gave it a stamp of truth or myth. And today we're gonna go over some more. Some of the most popular ones, even more popular than the ones on episode one, I'm gonna give it the stamp of truth or myth. It's gonna be really good because we're gonna be talking about things like juice cleanses. We're gonna be talking about putting protein in your coffee. We're gonna be talking about vitamin drips and a lot more. Now, special guests, and I mean awesome special. You might've heard of Isabella Wentz. She's written some best-selling books on thyroid health, but today she's coming to talk about adrenal health. So you don't have to have Hashimoto's or hyperactive thyroid. Today, we're really gonna talk about how your organ of stress, your organ that communicates with your brain, how to nourish it, what to do in the mornings, afternoon and night to make sure that you're balancing your stress so you're more resilient, your immune system stronger, right? Your nervous system stronger. You're going about life as your highest self, which is the most important thing, right? We wanna show up as our highest, most embodied, most best feeling, best selves. So Isabella Wentz has given us all her amazing low down tips on optimizing your adrenal. So without further ado, let's get to this awesome, awesome show. All right, everyone, check this out. Man, I must've been waiting two years to have Dr. Isabella Wentz on this show, man. I can't believe she's here. And before she came on, I asked her for an autograph because this woman has been a pioneer at bringing the root cause holistic healing to thyroid, adrenal, and just whole body health. It's super important. She's got a new book coming out. We're gonna go talk all about it because it's focused around the adrenals. And how many of you are stressed out there? I guarantee 99.9% .9 of us are because it's very, very, very difficult not to be stressed in the way the world is designed. Dr. Isabella is so passionate about holistic healing and she is here to talk about holistic healing. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. G. It's, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be here. So was excited. The, was that intro good enough? Was yeah. it worthy enough? Perfect. I tried, to, I tried that, to tell people what I feel in my heart for your work. You, that was so kind. So, I love that. So kind. I really appreciate it. So check this out. I have a question for you. I got, a, I got a really good question. And we were talking off air and it really blew me away. If someone is craving, craving coffee or craving alcohol, is it a sign of something deeper, more serious going on in the body? Absolutely. So whenever people crave these things, um, I, I used to think that, okay, you're sick because you drink too much alcohol or you're sick because you drink too much caffeine. And yes, these things can contribute to health issues. But generally, um, something that I've learned over the last few years is when people have those cravings, there's an underlying thing going on. And it, it usually is related to 
their stress response. So they are likely stuck in survival mode and they're exhausted. And so they become dependent on caffeine and they can also become very, very anxious, which makes them really crave alcohol because we all know that alcohol can be a natural relaxant. And so part of what's going on for many of these people, and there's various underlying causes of stress in the body, is that their HPA axis is under stress. And so their body is in what, what's commonly known as adrenal dysfunction or adrenal fatigue. And these are two of the signs that you may be dealing with this condition. Various things can cause adrenal fatigue, right? So we can have too much candida in the body, mold exposure can be related, or we can have not sleeping at night mm. or just having a lot of stress, emotional stress in our lives, traumatic past stress in our lives. All of these various things can contribute to adrenal dysfunction. And we know that the body responds to stress in a certain way. And so love to love to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, and thinking about all of the things you mentioned, mold, right? Infections, overgrowth, like candida. Yeah. When you say we're stressed and we are anxious and we're exhausted, is that the same thing when you hear wired but tired? Yes, yes. One of the big signs that somebody might have adrenal dysfunction or HPA axis dysfunction would be feeling like you're wired but tired. A lot of people will say they have trouble waking up in the morning, they're tired all day, and then all of a sudden the evening comes and it's like, wow, I can't fall asleep. They lay in bed and they're feeling anxious and every thought goes through their head. They get this burst of energy. So this is a really, really big sign that somebody might have adrenal dysfunction, adrenal fatigue. Mm. Okay, so what is happening in that particular person's body? Because I know a lot of people viewing listening going, wait a minute, wait a minute, that's me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I've been there before too. So typically what's happening, how we can explain this is we have these beautiful adrenal glands that help us respond to stress. Now, we were designed as humans or evolved, whatever, whatever we want to say, to respond to acute stress. So you're being chased by a bear, you're being chased by a tiger, right? And your body starts producing cortisol. Now, cortisol, um, you may have heard of it, right? This is something that like makes you feel like you had like eight cups of coffee when it's high so that you can really run and fast and, you know, get away from mm -hmm. that from that vicious beast, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then once that cortisol gets, um, once that threat is gone, under healthy circumstances, our cortisol levels decline and we get back into having a, what I call a, a healthy cortisol pattern, right? Mm -hmm. And so what's happening in people with adrenal dysfunction with these symptoms is likely related to chronic stress. Mm -hmm. So our bodies haven't really adapted to being in chronic stress. There's various things in our environment, in our lives that are sending signals to the body that we're under threat, that something's something's going on and we're not safe. And so we need to produce more of these um, stress hormones. Um, initially, this can look like that high cortisol where we feel super, super wired. But over time, our body, which is you know brilliantly designed to help us survive, will say that much cortisol is not a good thing, right? And so we can't have cortisol released in high levels like this all day, right? And I, I like to think about it like if you had a whole bunch of rock stars in your hotel room and just for three days straight, they're just going at it. This is what a high cortisol state is like, right? Mm. It's like, go, go, go. And so we need time, we need downtime. We need time to like clean up that hotel room, right? And, and fix everything that yeah. they break. 
when we're in a high cortisol state, we're not focusing on repairing our body. We're focusing on fueling our stress response. But so the body knows that this isn't a good thing long term. And so what ends up happening is that the person's um, cortisol secretion throughout the day changes. And now a healthy person will have a cortisol pattern when not under stress where they have a little bit more cortisol in the morning and that kind of drops off and towards the evening they have less cortisol and it's a very kind of a smooth little u-shaped kind of kind of slide right so you wake up with energy you're happy and then you slide down through your day you go through your tasks and towards the evening you have just a little bit of cortisol so that you can fall asleep right i think of cortisol as like eight cups of coffee you, we don't need eight cups at bedtime in people with adrenal dysfunction because their bodies have been under chronic stress for so long, that curve isn't going to be that perfect, healthy, beautiful, high cortisol in the morning, low cortisol in the evening curve. It's going to look more like low cortisol in the morning where you're, you're feeling like still groggy, right? You're feeling like you should when you're about to doze off to sleep. And so you wake up like that in the morning and you drudge on by throughout the day. Um, some people might have some swings where they end up with um, anxiety and towards the evening, they will end up with high levels of cortisol. And so what this is called a flipped cortisol curve. Mm. This is one particular pattern when somebody wakes up um, with no energy and then they are wired at night and like the typical night owl pattern. Mm. And this this is basically the body's adaptation to chronic stress. There's There's a few different patterns, but in that particular situation when somebody's tr has trouble waking up in the morning and um, wants to party at night, right? Like right. when they should be sleeping. You know, skincare isn't just about looking good, right? A lot of us want to look good, but it's not just about looking good. It's about nurturing your skin and being well balanced from the inside out. And, you know, this world is flooded with a bunch of harsh chemicals that are really insulting our skin, our barrier. And you want something truly effective that is safe. Alitura is one of the best in the game. If you never heard of Alitura, you just think of, you might've seen some uh, black bottles with gold writing on it. It's one of the best and they're always at health events and people are loving them and their quality. Alitura Naturals has crafted a serum that is not only safe, but also incredibly effective. Listen, a lot of you ask me where I get my glow from. This is a huge part of the equation. Their gold serum isn't just another skincare product. It's a testament to the power of natural healing and a commitment to holistic health. It uses organic ingredients like jojoba, olive, rosehip oils, and the gold serum is made organically with plant-derived vitamin A, not synthetic stuff, not that nasty stuff that you're getting in a lot of these over-the-counter products, GHKCU, and marine collagen to revitalize your skin. Alitura Naturals has been using the best ingredients in their products for years. They've been pioneering the path for what truly transformed skin should be. So if you're ready to take control of your skin health and experience the pinnacle of natural beauty, I highly recommend checking out Alituria Naturals. For a limited time, you, the Heal Thyself listener, will enjoy the exclusive discount, just the Heal Thyself discount, only for you. That's 20% off of this gold serum. Go to alitura.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That's A-L-I-T-U-R-A.com and get that 20% discount. It's amazing stuff. I use it every night before bed and I'm telling you, I'm on fire with my skin in a good way. Check it out. It's been a long time since I promoted a coffee because there's not that many good coffee brands. We got one of the best ones now on Heal Thyself. Are you ready to elevate your coffee game? And experience a brew that's not only delicious, 
but it's also health focus. Let me introduce you to Purity Coffee. You heard me review them in one of my first ever coffee reviews as one of the best, and then my second ever one as one of the best, and it's one of the best still. It's an ultimate choice for coffee lovers who, who prioritize taste as well as well-being. I'm gonna tell you what makes Purity Coffee stand out from the crowd. Every step in their process is rooted in health-focused principles backed by solid scientific research-based rigorous testing. They use the finest specialty-grade organic Arabica beans and then move on to small batch roasting, ensuring that each cup meets the highest standards of quality. But what really sets Purity Coffee apart from all the other coffee brands is their dedication, is my favorite, is their dedication to purity and safety. Their beans undergo third-party testing to ensure they're free of pesticides, toxins, and harmful mycotoxins, those pesky substances that can wreak havoc on your health, causing issues like liver and kidney damage, digestive problems, brain fog, and fatigue. Purity Coffee also has some of the highest antioxidant capacity, and this is important because we have to understand coffee is actually really good for us when we're getting quality coffee. And the reason it's good for us and ensures so many benefits, especially heart health, is because of its antioxidant capacity. Purity has one of the highest antioxidants that you're going to find in coffee, giving you a powerful dose of healthy boosting compounds with every sip. Purity Coffee is grown on regenerative organic farms that prioritize soil health, animal welfare, and community well-being. They have certifications by USDA Organic, Rainforest Alliance, and Smithsonian Bird Friendly. You can also trust Purity Coffee is not only good for you, but also good for the planet. They have a range of roasts from their light medium roast with sweet fruity notes and their dark roast with rich bold taste. So to try out one of my favorite coffees in existence and one that I recommend to everyone still to this day, I've been doing it for years, is Purity Coffee. Go to puritycoffee.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your first purchase. That is P-U-R-I-T-Y-C-O-F-F-E-E.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your order. And, and we can test for that cortisol curve and see what it looks like. I'm sure there's different tests out there for people, right? Absolutely. So I know there's wonderful integrative practitioners that mm -hmm. have been doing tests like this for many years. Mm -hmm. Some of them are called adrenal saliva tests. I like mm -hmm. the ZRT labs as a great one. And then there's a, a newer test where they look at your cortisol and your urine, and that gives us a little bit more mm -hmm. information. And that's called the Dutch test. So I do love those two tests that people are able to do to figure out um, from more of a more of a holistic perspective what's yeah. going on in the bodies um, as conventional practitioners usually won't order those kind of tests. Right, right. Very difficult to come by. Yeah. Yes. You got to get with a functional or naturopathic doctor or anyone Absolutely. else really giving you these tests who are really holistically minded. But l let's go back now. This is the person who's man, I've been buzzed up all night and now I'm going to sleep. It's 2 a.m. Oh, I wish I didn't have so much energy. Tries to go to sleep, goes to sleep, wakes up at 8, and they are just, just rolling out of bed, heavy, walking around like a snail zombie. And then they go, oh, I need my coffee, right? What's happening in the body when they're drinking this coffee? When they drink that coffee, that's going to help them increase their cortisol levels, right? So it's going to, they're going to try to mimic what their body is normally supposed to do for them. So in a way, they're self-medicating, right? Mm, mm. If we think about that, that's why people go, oh, I'm back, I feel alive again. But that's how they should be feeling when they wake up, you're saying. Absolutely, and there's ways that there's things and, and um, there's ways to connect with that beyond caffeine, right? Mm -hmm. So we take the caffeine and it lasts for a few hours and then we start coming back down and then we take another cup like early uh -huh. afternoon. And then why does our cortisol come back up? Does it just naturally come up as a rhythm at night and then keep us up? Or is it a lot of lifestyle stuff that is 
bouncing that or flipping that cortisol curve? There, um, so this happens for a lot of people and there are a ton of lifestyle things that can actually impact this. So when we think about how we evolved, right? So we weren't watching Netflix in the evenings, right? We weren't on our phones. And so typically we're supposed to be exposed to bright lights during the day. And by bright lights, I don't necessarily mean um, being indoors, right? And I don't mean going to a store. It, it's the lights that are outside, the beautiful sunshine. This is what it helps us raise our cortisol levels. It lets our body know to break down melatonin, that it's not time to sleep. Mm. Now, in the evening times, we're supposed to be exposed to darkness, right? And when we see the sun, um, the sunset, and when we see the darkness, that's when our body knows, okay, this is time to start producing melatonin, time to fall asleep. But if we have exposure to, you know, if we drink coffee too late in the day, then we're still going to have too much cortisol in our bodies. If we are exposed to bright lights um, in the evening instead of in the morning, right. then that can also impact our cortisol curve. Mm. E easy stuff, right? That's the, those are easy interventions. You can even always put blue light blockers or dim the lights or, or you know, not watch that Netflix <laughs> with, on a naked eye, right? Like yeah. just protecting yourself or just tuning down. Uh, Himalayan lamps are really powerful, I find. So is there a connection now between the adrenal and the thyroid? I know you've done a lot around the thyroid, but there's a lot of people who are suffering with thyroid issues. Is there a deep connection between both? Yeah, it, it's very interesting. When I was first diagnosed with a thyroid condition, this was after a decade of debilitating uh, symptoms that were, nobody knew what was going on, not not even myself, uh, definitely not myself at the time, but I, I came across adrenal fatigue and adrenal dysfunction, and I was told that this was you know, the, the messaging out there was like, oh, this doesn't actually exist, right? It's, it's a fake disorder. And I was a bit skeptical at first of it, but then I ended up testing my own adrenals and I ended up becoming, having um, not enough cortisol throughout the day and utilizing the recommended strategies. And lo and behold, I could get up in the morning. I felt great throughout the day and I was sleeping better at night. And so what I found in working with people with Hashimoto's and with thyroid issues, that more than 90% of them, more than 90% of the people I've tested, they have adrenal dysfunction. They have some degree of that HPA axis dysfunction where they're just not producing healthy amounts of cortisol throughout yeah. the day. So they're either producing too much, they're, they don't have that smooth slide. Instead, their day looks like a roller coaster. Um, they might have that flipped cortisol curve. And some of the, the most sick ones with, with debilitating fatigue, they will have what I like to call like flatlined adrenal and flatlined cortisol, where um, their cortisol is just low all throughout mm. the day. And they, I mean, these are the people, and, and I was one of them, that are sleeping for 12 hours a night and they're still exhausted the next day. Mm. And I know, I remember seeing patients who are going, I don't know what to do, right? Yeah. I don't even feel the energy to work out. And I know working out is good for me, mm -hmm. right? I have no motivation in my life and I'm sleeping so much. It sort of like mimics depression when in the meantime, they're just, they can't even produce enough cortisol. So how do we get to that state? What happens? What are we ignoring for so long? And how long does it take to get to a flat line? It's really, really interesting because when I talk to my clients and I've you know, talked to so many people now, one of the questions I ask is, what was going on in your life 
before you got sick, right? And a lot of times they say, I was under a lot of stress. And so for some people that's stress like um, loss of a loved one in the family, divorce, something catastrophic happening, some, um, some you know, bankruptcy, business issues. And then there's also like positive stress. So maybe having a new baby or getting married or moving to a new city, or I don't know if this, you know, depending on the grad school, but for a lot of people, it's going to grad school. Because yeah. we know, you know, getting a doctorate degree, like you had to study a little bit, right? It was a little bit stressful. Yeah. yeah, yeah um, and so then people are saying, this is what was going on. And it typically can start off um, with people, basically they're wired, right? After that stress and their body kind of like helps them push through. But eventually over time, and for some people, this might be a year, for some people, this might be five years, for others, it might be 10 years or longer. Over time, their body's just like, we're not doing this high cortisol thing anymore, right? Like we need to like conserve resources. And I, I kind of think of it like the boy crying wolf, right? So the body, the, you know, the body's sensing all this stress and it's saying like, wolf, wolf. And then eventually our brain, our pituitary, um, hypothalamic pituitary axis says like, listen, we're not going to release cortisol again, right? We can't release this much cortisol. And so we end up with like these beautiful um, adrenals that could work perfectly fine, but there's a disconnect between mm -hmm. the brain and the adrenals and our body just kind of loses that intuitive connection between, um, you know, what, what we're perceiving and what our brain does and what our organs are doing. Mm. And th this is, again, this is something that happens with time. So initially people start off with like too much cortisol and then they can move into those low cortisol patterns with time. Oh boy. And I can imagine how resilient the body is for not breaking down after a month, but maybe years of this. You yeah. said even five, 10 years. And then finally we go into that low cortisol pattern. So I guess high cortisol and then lowered cortisol, you're kind of not responding the way it used to. And then it just flatlines. Mm -hmm. and, and that's, that's when, when burnout happens. That's true burnout. Yeah. I think I was getting towards the flatline in school. I remember like right around year three, I was like, or, or studying for the board exam. I remember mm. I was like, I don't feel good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I like you mentioned grad school. It's in many ways, it took me years to re totally recuperate from all that time from being there. It really can affect you. Um, so... So when the adrenal is in that really poor cortisol flatline state, how, is it affecting our metabolism through the thyroid? Absolutely. And so um, it's very interesting because the adrenals and the thyroid gland have an intricate um, feedback loop system, right? Mm -hmm. And so when the adrenals are under stress, this can sometimes slow down the thyroid, right? And when we um, end up taking thyroid hormones, for example, um, when people have low levels of thyroid hormone, then their adrenals can sort of make up for it too. And so they'll produce a little bit more cortisol. And then people start taking thyroid hormone because they get diagnosed with a condition like hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's. And they take the hormone, they're like, okay, I'm feeling better. But then all of a sudden something happens and they don't feel as good. And this is because when we have more thyroid hormone on board, this starts to clear out more cortisol. And so there's various different ways that the body produces feedback between mm. cortisol and thyroid hormone. And it, it's just, you know, it sometimes it's it's um, sometimes it's too much thyroid hormone and impacts the adrenal hormone secretion. Sometimes it's not enough. Sometimes mm. even when 
thyroid hormones are balanced, I still see the patterns of people having alterations in cortisol levels. So we'll have somebody that's on a perfect dose on the perfect combination of the thyroid medication for them. And you know, their TSH, free T3, free T4, all of that looks so beautiful, but they still have symptoms and that is likely because of their adrenals. Something that we're not looking at when we're treating yeah. thyroid, which again comes to the holistic point of everything. You can't just be an endocrinologist with a magnifying glass right at the neck going thyroid, thyroid, thyroid. Got to look at the whole picture because they all play into each other. And I love that you're bringing that out and saying, hey, no, look, the adrenals are very important and they're implicated actually. So there's people listening and they're going, okay, I feel like I'm at that hyper cortisol state. Another person's going, oh, I feel like I'm flatlining real soon. What are some steps we can take right now to start helping our adrenals? The, the wonderful thing is no matter what pattern you are of adrenal dysfunction, the root cause is the same. And so it's chronic stress. And so the sources are inflammation, sleep deprivation. Um, they could be blood sugar imbalances. It could be a history of trauma or present psychological stress. Those are some of the main ones that I see. And the beautiful thing is we can focus on lifestyle changes to help you feel better. Mm. One of the easy ones for everybody is blood sugar balance and making sure that we have enough protein and fat with every meal. So for some people, you know, intermittent fasting is, is great for other people, especially if they're in that stage of the flatlined adrenals, yeah. they may need to work on fueling themselves a bit more. And so they may need to eat every two to three hours. Otherwise they can become super anxious and super exhausted just because they can become hypoglycemic if they don't eat frequently enough and they don't have enough of that, um, protein and fat. So that's just one really, um, great solution for most people that they can do to focus on healing their adrenals. And then, mm. then we have, uh, what, should we talk about the other things that people can Hell do? Yeah, let's okay. do it. Let's do it. So, um, focusing on the, I like to call them the ABCs of adrenal balancing when we focus on adrenal adaptogens. So adaptogens, they are, um, there's a whole bunch of different ones out there. Um, some of my favorites are ashwagandha, rhodiola, and they, they essentially make us more resilient to stress. So no matter what stress we have happening in our, in our lives, our body doesn't perceive it as big of a stressor. And so I always like to joke that um, whenever I take adrenal adaptogens, like everybody's just less annoying to me, right? <laughs> and so um, a lot of my clients have, have, have taught me that. They'll say, wow, it's just like the world just seems like a little bit of a nicer place. Yeah. So the stress is still out there, but they're just not perceiving it as as poorly as before, and they're not overwhelmed with the, with the simple day-to-day -day things. And then the other things I like to focus on, just fundamentals, are replenishing the things that are commonly depleted, which are B vitamins, vitamin C, as well as magnesium. So there's a B complex you can take, you can take vitamin C, drink some orange juice, which is a rich source of vitamin C, uh, take magnesium as a supplement or an Epsom salt bath. This is actually one of my favorite ways to get magnesium into the body. And just doing these little things can produce a sense of energy, calm energy throughout the day, and then helping you feel better and be more rested at night and get rid of some of the, the cramps and joint pains. Some, sometimes like just having cramps all over your body and pain in the body 
feeling like that's happening all day is, is also a big indication that you might have adrenal dysfunction. Mm. And thinking about how many people are just like, oh, one, not only my stress, but my body hurts. I'm just yes. crampy everywhere, you know? And it's not because of the workout. I just feel crampy chronically. So how often, and we don't even think about this. I remember when I was in practice, I used to do nutrient panels. And so many people, so many were deficient in B vitamins, vitamin C, yeah. More, more people even in vitamin C, and certainly magnesium. And mostly everyone didn't have enough magnesium in their body. So that's, that's such a good little regimen that you can have of like an adaptogen, B vitamin, vitamin C, magnesium, right on the pantry, that you're not going crazy with the supplements, yeah. and just watch how much better your body begins to restore itself with that supplemental support, while, like you said, doing the lifestyle stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, we opened talking about alcohol and how it can be anti-stressor, right? Like for people, a sedative. But in reality, what's happening long-term as we're drinking more alcohol? Is it, is it affecting the adrenals and the thyroid negatively? Absolutely. We know that alcohol helps us produce more GABA, which is a, a relaxing chemical messenger for us. But when we drink it chronically, I mean, I like we could talk about all day about the effects of alcohol on the brain, on the body, on the liver. Um, but overall, it does tend to make us also less resilient to stress and we can become dependent on it. We know that it's an addictive substance, right? Yeah. So it's not a great solution if you're feeling anxious and stressed out. It might be a coping mechanism that somebody reaches for, but it's not the best one, right? And there's, mm-hmm. there are other things we can do, like having the Epsom salt bath, right? So that is a rich source of magnesium and that can help us with producing more GABA naturally. Taking magnesium supplement, taking a B6 supplement can be helpful for for women in perimenopause. Progesterone is a powerful precursor for GABA. So just supporting your body's own ability to produce its own like chill pill, right? Um, That can be life-changing. One of of my favorite adaptogens is, is known as ashwagandha. And some people utilize that and they're like, oh my gosh, I don't have to drink wine anymore. This, this, <laughs> this really chills me out, right? And they, they take that in the morning and that builds their resilience over time rather than making them weaker with time, right? Right, right. And that's what happens with the alcohol, right? We go, oh, I feel good because it's a sedative and I'm not thinking about all the things in my life that are stressing me. Mm-hmm. But it's it's transient. It's just right on the surface, and we kind of feel worse in the morning, right? And especially uh, disrupting our cortisol. You know, when it comes to overall health, the little daily habits can make a huge difference. Take flossing, for example. Seems like such a minor thing, right? But taking good care of your teeth and gums does way more than just prevent cavities and bad breath. Emerging research shows that it can actually support whole body health, and may even prevent cognitive decline as you age. That's wild, right? That's why I'm really excited to tell you about this awesome company called Slate and their game-changing 3-in-1 electric flosser. It's the only product out there that flosses your teeth, massages your gums, and even scrapes your tongue to remove bacteria to promote fresher breath. I've been using the Slate flosser for about a month now, and I'm hooked. Unlike regular floss picks that you have to jam into your mouth, This electric flosser does all the work for you with 12,000 sonic vibrations per minute, really cleaning out them gums. The innovative gum sweeps give your gums a gentle massage to increase circulation too. And let's not forget the built-in tongue scraper to help zap bad breath at the source. So to start one of the easiest and healthiest daily habits with the Slate Electric Flosser, 
Go to slateflosser.com and use the code DRG to get 10% off of your very own flosser. That's 10% off of your easy to use Slate electric flosser at slateflosser.com slash DRG, S-L-A-T-E-F-L-O-S-S-E-R.com. And the code is DRG. You know, living a long life is great. It is. We all want to live longer. But what's even better is living those years in good health, right? Free of the chronic diseases and the ailments. Unfortunately for many, the gap between lifespan and health span is way too wide. And we spent our last years ill, not enjoying our life to the fullest. And that's why I'm always into research-based products, quality supplements that are coming out to you, the highest, the best of the best, some of the best rigorously tested supplements. And one of my favorite companies across the board is Momentus. And they have two that I use every single day, creatine and collagen. These are the two powerhouses at work. I've been opened and I've been working out more four times a week. I'm lifting heavy weights. And these are staples. And, I, and not just me, I think everyone should be out working out, building muscle, staples to muscle repair and muscle growth. But what sets Momentus apart from the rest is its clinically researched formulas. For the collagen, it delivers 15 grams of collagen, supporting your body in various ways. And it's not just one type of collagen, it's all the types of collagen, right? A lot of companies just have one type of collagen. You want all the types of your body's absorbing and utilizing this collagen the way you desire the body to use it. But boy, oh boy, the gold standard for working out, if you're not on this, you don't even have to be working out. You can use it for your brain. It's creatine. Momentous creatine is fantastic. There's no fillers, no additive, pure, effective ingredients you can trust. Trust is everything when it comes to supplements. Momentous third-party test. There's no surprises. What you see on the package is what you get. So if you're like me, you want to feel your body with the best of the best, go to livemomentous.com and use the code DRG for 15% off of creatine and collagen and all their top-notch products. That is L-I-V-E-M-O-M-E-N-T-O-U-S.com with the code DRG for your discount. I love the idea of Epsom salt baths, right? Instead of coming home and drinking a glass of wine, run yourself a bath. Put the Epsom salts, right? Get mm -hmm. that scent going. You maybe put a little essential oils, get the scents going, you know? And then making a little cocktail that you can make of natural stuff, right? Little B vitamin uh, cocktail, maybe a little bit of vitamin C, mm -hmm. put a little elixir in there, maybe a little bit of a nighttime schizandra is one of my favorite nighttime oh, ones, holy basil. Make a tea and then you... I feel like that's the best night ever now that I think about it. Yeah. What a way to help restore your adrenals. Uh, how long does it take for someone to begin to restore their adrenals when they're in that flatline phase? So the, the amazing thing is when I was initially trained in the protocols, it was three months to two years. And that's what I was doing with my clients previously. And that was the focus of my first three books was that it takes a long time, right? Yeah, to, yeah. to get yourself feeling better. Um, and then with this recent protocol, I'm seeing people getting better within three to four weeks. So they're like fast tracked. Oh, they're fast tracked. And and the, the amazing thing, this protocol that I've developed is more it's safer. Right. So it doesn't involve hormones mm. and it doesn't involve like quitting coffee and it doesn't involve sleeping 12 hours a night. So it's it's more realistic and it's much more simpler. And people. Typically, I've um, I've had about 3,000 people go through my program. This has been launched seven different times. And I always get, you know, we do Q&A sessions every week. And it's always the first week people are so anxious, so stressed out, and they're having all these symptoms. And by week three, they're like, I'm feeling great. I just ran up the stairs <laughs> and I cleaned my whole house and my libido's back. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, like, I'm, I'm feeling, I've never had this much energy. I'm finally sleeping through the night. So, um you know, with, with your point with alcohol, like we all know that it, it can help us fall asleep, but it doesn't necessarily 
help us stay asleep. And so right. people have frequent night wakings, right? right, right. And so they will, um, they'll have blood sugar swings when they drink too much alcohol. And so that that's another part of the whole adrenal dysfunction is that we have blood sugar issues and we need to address those. Um, alcohol is actually, it, it feels better in the moment, but it'll make things worse in the long term, right? Yeah. You mentioned libido. Is libido a good marker of how well your adrenals are working? I think so. I think so. It's it's amazing because, you know, in order to have good libido, most people need to have good energy, right? Yeah. And so if you don't have good energy, you're not going to have good libido. And of course, you know, libido, and I, I have a section about that in the book where I talk about some of the root causes of libido issues. It could be like, you know, maybe maybe your partner's a jerk, right? <laughs> <laughs> could just come to down to that. Yeah, yeah. It could be something, it could be some body image issues that a yeah. person might have about themselves that could be impacting their libido. But it could, it could be a hormonal imbalance, right? Um, could be elevated prolactin levels that can be, cause libido issues. But for a lot of people, getting on adaptogens and getting more magnesium into their body, getting some rest at nighttime and having more energy throughout the day, the libido comes back, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's it's just phenomenal because a lot of my, the women in my programs will say, wow, hey, like I feel great. Like this, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. and I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can see the women now on week four with these glowing faces and yes. coming back to life. You can actually tell vitality coming back in the form of just that, like my libido's back. My cortisol, I can wake up in the morning, I jump out of bed, I can fall asleep at night. It's really powerful to see that in people's faces. You can, it's just a snap of the finger you notice and you're like, whoa, something just activated in that person. So I'm sure your clients are coming up with that. Let me ask you a question about this. The, the adrenals and the thyroid and autoimmune disease. Yes. A lot of people suffering with autoimmune disease. Different types from the thyroid to psoriasis to lupus. What's happening right here? What's the connection between the thyroid and the adrenals and autoimmune? So we we know that for every autoimmune condition to develop, there's got to be a um, three things present, right? And so that's the genetic predisposition. There's some sort of a trigger, environmental trigger, and then there's intestinal permeability. Whenever we have adrenal dysfunction, um, we don't have enough cortisol in the bodies. That's going to impact our gut lining barrier. And so people with adrenal dysfunction um, who have been under a lot of stress, they're more likely to catch infections or have things that are have maybe been brewing at low levels in their bodies. They start to, to grow. One, one example is H. pylori that I see very, very commonly in people with thyroid issues, whether it's Graves' disease, Hashimoto's, or nodules. If I find an H. pylori infection, I'm like doing a little dance because I'm like, okay, yeah. this is, we know this is a really important trigger and that can impact um, thyroid antibody levels, which, which then means that our body is attacking the thyroid gland. It can impact our mitochondria. It can impact our digestion. Um, it could lead us to be more susceptible to having protein malabsorption, food sensitivities, and um, catching other kinds of infections, suppressing our stomach acid. And so, so typically stress basically gives an opportunity for, for hostile uh, pathogens to, to be more infectious in our bodies. There was um, a study I, I found a long, long time ago that showed that our opportunistic bacteria in our gut when they sense stress hormones in our bodies and like epinephrine, norepinephrine, they'll become more virulent. 
So they're like, they would have just been relaxing there. And then they see you're under stress. And they're like, now it's time for us to take over, right? Time for us to party. And this is what happens to a lot of people under chronic stress. Their intestinal barrier is permeable. Part of, part of what I... Um, Part of what I've found with a lot of um, my people with autoimmune disease is they'll have low levels of something called secretory IgA, which is uh, released by our gut. It's a protective um, immunoglobulin to help us protect ourselves from food sensitivities, leaky gut, and other kinds of infection. And so this is a very, very common pattern. You get stressed out, something happens to your gut health, and all of a sudden, whatever genes you have in your, in your genetic makeup that have coded for, hey, when under stress, we're gonna express this kind of autoimmune condition, mm-hmm. that'll come out. For some people, it's Hashimoto's. For other people, this is gonna be something um, something different, another type of autoimmune condition. But that stress and that leaky gut is almost always a precursor for mm. most people. Yeah, yeah, I think about uh, when I was in practice, how I saw that. that. It was almost always tied together someone who's chronically stressed or had a life event like a death or a firing or a moving or something very dramatic and traumatic, and then the gut. It was like the gut laid down the ground for all of that. So it stands to believe, can we work on both as the person heals? So it's, I love that you said that and and really brought that to light. Um, What are, are there any hacks that you came across in your work just for just optimizing our hormones, optimizing our adrenals, optimize our thyroids? really surprisingly easy hacks that we can start doing for ourselves. One of the things, and just going back a little bit to gut health, is there are ways to raise the secretory IgA levels. And, you know, meditation is one of them, right? And sometimes mm-hmm. that may take a little while. But also taking um, sarcomyces boulardii, a beneficial yeast, that'll naturally raise the secretory IgA levels. And then it also helps us to clear out Um, a whole bunch of different pathogens. So it helps us clear candida out of the body, helps us clear mold out of the body, helps to clear um, blastocystis hominis and other types of protozoa that have been implicated in triggering like IBS and autoimmune conditions. And that's something very simple people can utilize as part of their protocols to to just raise their natural defenses that way. Now, um, this is something that starts working within just a couple of weeks. Mm, Powerful. Yeah, yeah. And, and we can and we can find that in a probiotic supplement or just alone Saccharomyces. Probiotic supplements, there's so many different ones out there and I love studying them because everyone has like its own unique benefits. And this is actually a beneficial yeast and it's called Saccharomyces boulardii. Sometimes they might be probiotic combinations that include it right. or it could be just a standalone. Let me ask you a question. Are you a fan of probiotics overall? I am. Okay. Yeah. And do you find them beneficial in your clients? I do find them beneficial in my clients. I find um, one of the key ones I utilize for uh, adrenal protocol is going to be the sarcomyces boulardii, but I'll also look at spore-based probiotics for some people. So this can be really helpful for healing and sealing the gut. I Mm -hmm. like to use high-dose therapeutic combinations of lactobacillus and bifidobacteria probiotics. There, there have been some studies showing that they can be beneficial in thyroid issues with um, even normalizing TSH and improving the T3 to um, T4 ratio. And then there's another one that I really like, and it's, it's actually um, called a bacteriophage that eats up E. coli. So people with autoimmune disease have been found to have um, 
not enough bifidobacteria, not enough lactobacillus bacteria, and um, but they'll have too much E. coli. So there's like these specific bacteriophages that, and they're actually like tiny viruses that just eat up our E. coli bacteria, and that allows for for other um, beneficial microbes to thrive instead. Love that, love that. And and when it comes to nutrition now, mm-hmm. this is I know there's a whole other piece of, of what you're doing with your clients and in your work. We hear so much about you can't have cruciferous vegetables because of the thyroid. You can't have broccoli. You can't have kale. Is that true, uh, or is it a certain amount that you have to hit? Is that a myth, or or is it fact? It's one of those myths that I love to debunk, because when people have Hashimoto's, for example, and this is the main cause of hypothyroidism in the developed world, right? And so in the United States and most of Europe, countries that add iodine to their salt supply, generally they're going to have higher rates of Hashimoto's that is due to um, an autoimmune attack on the thyroid gland. Other countries, um, there are some developing countries that maybe don't add iodine to the salt supply. So their primary reason for hypothyroidism is iodine deficiency. Now, um, various goiterogens, like the the broccolis and things, they have been found to interfere with the absorption of iodine into the thyroid gland, right? And so if people are iodine deficient, then taking um, eating too much broccoli and raw broccoli could be an issue. But for most people, it, 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 they're not iodine deficient with Hashimoto's, right? And so eating broccoli is usually just fine. That is, a, a, of course, if they have um, like sulfur SIBO, if they have sulfur sensitivities. Mm-hmm. So th- there's different nuances to um, the food reactions that people might have. And of mm-hmm. course, everybody's individual, everybody's different. Some people may have iodine deficiency, right? And Hashimoto's at the same time. But for the majority of people, I would say more than 80% of people, broccoli, enjoy your broccoli, right? It's going to be great for you. I love that. I love that that you've debunked that because um, I've said a few times and they're like, no, I have this going on with my thyroid. You're wrong. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think I am. <laughs> but, but it's beautiful to hear. Uh, well, then I can move on to ask you about soy. Is soy bad for the thyroid? Is soy bad for the adrenals? Is soy bad for the gut? How, what's your opinion? How do you feel on soy? Soy can be a bit tricky. So we do know that soy... Um, it's been studied in, there was a study done in children who were um, provided with soy-based formula and they had a higher rate of thyroid issues later on in life. And so it has been connected to, at least in my client population, it's one of the more common food sensitivities that can cause irritable bowel syndrome. It could cause issues with um, with digestion. And we always know that the gut and thyroid are connected. So people do seem to have uh, that soy can impact their thyroid function. I feel like if we grew up eating like fermented non-GMO soy, that might be a different story. But right. because of the soy protein that a lot of us, including myself, have been exposed to, we still have a cross-reactivity even with those healthier versions of soy. But that said, there are some soy supplements, like natto-derived supplements that can be helpful for people and may not cross-react. Mm. Do you like fermented foods as a healing food for the body? I love fermented foods. So I love fermented coconut yogurt. And I'm I'm from Poland originally. So my brother makes quite like the fermented cabbage. We call it kapusta. I've had kapusta in my life. You've had kapusta? No, I did a Polish girl when I was in high school. Oh, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. I remember. It was good stuff. Um, we, my husband and I were driving from Colorado to Chicago 
one like for Christmas once. And that's a two day drive, right? Long but long. my brother just made some fresh kapusta. And so we had to, and my brother was living in Denver. We were living in Boulder. We had to like pick up the kapusta from his house and drive all the way to Chicago with it because my parents were like, he made fresh kapusta. We need it. We need it. And the jars were like, so like one of them fell over and broke on a road trip and our car smelled wow. like yeah. fermented cabbage. So yeah, we're, we're big fans in the family. Powerful though. Powerful yeah. medicine for yeah. the body. Helpful for the thyroid, adrenal, and gut. It's super, super helpful because it's a rich source of beneficial probiotics. So when I think about probiotics, sometimes you get like these tiny probiotics at the store and it's just kind of like throwing a grain of sand into the ocean, right? Yeah. And so we need really high doses of probiotics to, to make a difference in people with like advanced gut dysfunction and, and fermented cabbage can have that. Um, I will say... You know, and most people do well with it, but there are people with like histamine issues mm -hmm. and there are people with um, with SIBO that may not do so well with fermented foods. The, um, the fun thing about that though, is if it's a histamine reaction, there are things people can do. So for example, there's histamine producing bacteria that we can address and even taking P5P can be really, really helpful for reducing some of those histamine reactions. Mm. So there, there's always a way, like, and we're always, we're, I feel like we're a combination of whatever microbes we have in our body as to how we need to tailor our approach to There's some hacks. Best. Yeah. There's always some hacks. Absolutely. Are there any foods that I'm not mentioning that are on the top of your list that are the best of the best for thyroid, adrenal, and gut? Hmm. I love coconut milk and coconut oil. So this can be very helpful for a lot of people in the early stages of balancing their blood sugar. So adding just a little bit of that into, um, you know, like they're eating some broccoli, right? <laughs> the top of my mind is broccoli right now. And they're just putting a little bit of coconut oil on that. That's gonna provide them a little bit of fat to mm. help their blood sugar stay balanced. Um, this is a great thing to consider to adding into your, like your tea, if you're drinking tea throughout the day, don't make sure it's not too hot. You can burn your tongue. I did that once, <laughs> maybe twice. Hot oil, hot oil. Don't recommend it, right? Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I recommend, and it's just a very, very simple thing, is doing an adrenal kickstart drink in the morning. And it's orange juice, coconut cream, a little bit of sea salt, a little bit of like protein powder that you like. And then um, sometimes you can add in more electrolytes. And just when you wake up, um, one of the things I love recommending is making sure you get some sunshine and then giving your body a little bit of fuel. And that adrenal kickstart is one of my top ways of supporting your body's natural cortisol production in the morning, right? So a little bit of that sea salt is going to help us produce healthy levels of cortisol. And that sunshine that we get into our eyes is going to be helpful for that as well. The orange juice is a rich source of vitamin C. So that's going to be a great fuel for our adrenals, something that gets depleted. Vitamin C is huge when it comes to chronic stress and being in a stress response. And then um, the protein and the coconut milk fat are going to keep us a little bit more stable right throughout the day. So we're not going to have the the blood sugar drinks right. or swings we might have if we just you know chugged a gallon of of OJ by itself, right? That sounds like the most amazing drink, and it's so yummy. Too. I know. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, wait, the juice and the milk and the oil. Ooh, this sounds really good, right? It's like an orange cream. You catch. I was thinking about that. You yeah. catch me making that. I'm going to do a little post and I'm going to tag you in it. I'm inspired. I'm all about waking up and trying to have the best elixirs. I have, I've, I think I've created a really good pre-workout one 
where I'm like focused and my energy's going and I, I, I like I'm in and out. I'm so good with it, but I want a morning one. One where I like sit down and actually like put my feet on the ground, see the sun, you know, and then just like get my day started slowly. I want, I'm going to try that out. Please do let me know how it works. For I you. will. And share your pre-workout. I'm going to share my pre-workout. We'll do a little, we'll do a little trade. I know. Yeah, I, 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 I want to give you some good stuff here. Um, is there any, any, you have this book coming out. What's the name of the book? Adrenal Transformation Protocol. And it was based on? It was based on a, so it was based on my own journey as a new mom and finding my adrenals flatlined and <laughs> realizing that there's no way in hell I'm giving up coffee right now. Like I just started drinking it. I really need it. Obviously I can't sleep because my child is waking me up all night, right? Mm-hmm. To, to take care of him and feed him. And then I didn't feel comfortable taking a lot of supplements and hormones because I was still nursing and right. And so I was like, what can I do? And I developed this plan for myself initially. It worked so well for me Then I was like, let me see if it works for other people. I had a lot of clients that weren't like, they couldn't get access to adrenal saliva testing. They couldn't find the right doctors to help them, right? So sometimes some cities, it's really easy access. Other places, it's challenging to find. All right, let's face it. With all the toxins we're exposed to nowadays with processed foods, pollutants, and even stress, our poor livers have been working overtime. If you've been feeling sluggish, bloated, or just overall rundown, it may be time to give your hardworking liver some extra love and support. That is where Organifi's Liver Detox comes in. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfoods. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfood ingredients specifically designed to remove excess toxins and improve digestion, promote healthier energy levels, and just overall liver health. Now, one of the key ingredients is artichoke leaf extract, which has been clinically proven to help detoxify the liver and digestive tract. Then you got the all-star liver protector. You heard of it, milk thistle, an herb that has been used for centuries to give your liver a big old hug. That's not all. Organifi's liver detox also contains dandelion root, one of my favorite ones of all time, which is loaded with vitamins and minerals to promote healthy liver function and digestion. And finally, Trafalia, an ancient Ayurvedic formula packed with antioxidants that have been traditionally used as a powerful liver tonic, one of my favorite ones too. So whether you're dealing with sluggish digestion, low energy, or just want to give your body's main detox engine a little extra love, Organifi's Liver Detox has your back. Just take one to three capsules at any point during the day to start supporting your liver's natural detox pathways. All of us need to be supporting our liver. If you want to experience the energy boosting, liver supporting effects of this fantastic formula, head to OrganifiShop.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I Shop.com slash DRG. There were people that weren't comfortable with taking hormones for um, whatever reasons, whether they had, you know, issues from getting cystic acne from DHEA or um, just a family history of hormone receptive cancers. And then there were people that were just like, no, no, I am not like willing. I cannot sleep 12 hours a night. I am not, do not even look at my coffee. Do not even suggest taking away my coffee. Right. And so I piloted it with a group of, of clients, about a hundred people were in the first pilot. And, um, I used to work in outcomes research. So I go through and I'm like very nerdy and I, I'll, I'll get like their baseline symptoms and we track them every week. And then we go through and we we look at what has improved. So looking at the whole population as a whole, what has improved, right? And so more than 80% of them have said wow. rain fog, fatigue, libido issues, um, have trouble waking up in the morning, sleep issues, anxiety, irritability, 
all of these things are getting better for them, right? The, the first group had like a borderline for some of the things. So I tweaked the program again and then I relaunched it. It's, it's actually been launched all over seven times with over 3,000 people. And so right now um, we're at like a 93% improvement in brain fog. Whoa. where 93% of people will report that. And it's just like three weeks where sometimes that that kind of healing can take, and I know it took me three years to heal personally. Mm -hmm. When I was first diagnosed with Hashimoto's, I had all these symptoms and just going to different doctors, getting tested and yeah. trying to figure out on my own. And fi finally, like it was three years before I felt human again. And I'm like, okay, we can do this in three weeks. I need I need to get this out there, right? Powerful. Three weeks, and, and how do people join that? Because I know you, you do this consistently. Where do people find you so they could join? My website is thyroidpharmacist.com, and I actually have um, an ABC guide. So the ABCs of adrenals, if they go to thyroidpharmacist.com slash ABC, and they'll be notified the next time that I do the program live. Cool. I haven't set a date yet, but the book is available for people. And, and I, I just want to make sure people can get the book and do it on their own because a yeah. lot of it is, is like you say, like you say, things you can do on your own and that are, that are very fundamental for healing, like having exposure to bright lights yeah. and the Epsom salt baths and really approachable things that make a really big difference. Easy stuff that you can do. Yeah. I love that. Everyone viewing, listening, go check it out. Go check it out if you're struggling with your stress, struggling with your adrenals, your thyroid, your stomach, whatever it is. Go check you out. I know you've been at this for so long. I've heard your name in the industry for so long. And what a blessing it finally is to have you in the thyroid butterfly dress, blue, sitting right here in front of me. What a gift. Thank you so much for all of your information you've given the audience. Uh, I speak for all of them. We're very grateful. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. All right, for this Knowledge Bomb, we're talking about TikTok trends. This is number two. Last week, we talked about, in the first half, in no particular order, the hottest TikTok trends out there right now. We went over rice water for hair growth, the internal shower for flat stomach and constipation, oil pulling, bone broth, what is nature's cereal and is that healthy, and cycle syncing. So go back and listen if you haven't. That one was an amazing one. Anyway, today we got some trends, and I'm going to give it, again, the stamp of Dr. G's myth or Dr. G's fact. Now, this show, I'll review vitamin drips, juice cleanses, profi, that's protein and coffee together. I'll review dry scooping protein powder and chlorophyll drops. All of these are trending. We're talking about millions and millions of people are talking about it right now. So should you be hopping on this trend for your health? Stay tuned to find out. Okay, okay. Vitamin drips, you may have heard of these. The TikTok trend may take home the cake. It's got 107 million hashtags. This one, at this point in my research, was the highest one to date. But I'm surprised that they're trending now. They've been out forever. These drips are actually just vitamins, antioxidants, and minerals given intravenously. And they can also be done by injection, and B12, for example. Now, people often get these and claim more energy, more vitality, Better hydration, right? The immune system is stronger. Just better overall wellness. Now, these nutrients are being delivered directly into the vein, right to the blood and surpassing the digestive system. Some of you may have gone to the hospital for one thing or another in your life and got hooked up to a bag. This is for hydration in the case, but it's the same idea. 
Now, what I'm going to talk about for the sake of this trend is the elective IV bags, not the medically urgent or necessary cases. So what about the science? What have we seen about IV drips and their legitimacy? Or is it just hocus pocus? Well, there are some large, well-designed studies that show a positive benefit. In the Journal of Pediatric Emergent Care, there was a meta-analysis that revealed that IV magnesium sulfate is an effective treatment in children with compromised pulmonary function and showed that it significantly improved and hospitalization significantly decreased. Another meta-analysis in the current pharmaceutical design journal showed that IV vitamin C supplementation reduced C-reactive protein levels. This is an inflammatory marker, particularly in younger subjects. Now, some well-designed studies showed vitamin C is also good for fatigue and inflammation within two hours of taking in the IV. So ultimately, we see various moderate to good studies that show benefit. The popular Myers cocktail, which is high-dose B vitamins, vitamin C, minerals like magnesium and calcium, mixed with sterile water, have been shown to be helpful for asthma, migraines, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, muscle spasms, pain, allergies, sinus and respiratory tract infections. Now, it's not a cure for everything, especially some claiming for cancer. I have not seen any studies on this, as well as not that it improves your skin or even great for longevity. A lot of people in the biohacking field swear by these NAD IVs, and they may help. You know, theoretically they do, but we haven't seen any studies long-term on longevity. So we don't know enough to make these claims. What I've experienced with IVs, and I've taken some in my life, I've seen some benefits. Um, maybe it's placebo, uh, but I've felt better. I felt more hydrated. I felt more energized, but it only lasted really for that day. In my work in cancer, the hospital that I used to work at used IV vitamin C as an adjunct with chemo. And these patients were exponentially more energetic and resilient. Now there's certain blood tests you need to be doing if you have cancer and even want to take IV vitamin C, make sure you talk to your doctor. So are there risks with IV vitamin therapy? Yes. Anytime there's an IV, there's a sterilization risk. You can also get too much of something. Too much is always not better. You can get short-term adverse effects like nausea, headaches, rapid heartbeat, gastrointestinal symptoms. And also, if you have kidney or heart issues, you may want to avoid these or at least talk to your doctor. So, look, do IV drips work? Yeah, some can. And some have been shown in studies to be helpful for certain conditions. Should you run out and get one ASAP? Not necessarily. Talk to your doctor. Be a little conservative first. Don't take any exotic cocktail drips, or any herbal drips just yet until we see good science on safety. And don't expect it to be a cure because it likely won't be. Get a nutrition test from your doc. See what nutrients are low first and consider if some of them are really low and you have the money, getting IV therapy with that doctor. Make sure you do it safely. If you have disposable income and you want to do this just for overall wellness, make sure you do it with a trained professional. So IV drips is truth, but I still got my eye on how the research will unfold in the future. Should you be doing a juice cleanse? This takes the cake on TikTok for 116 million hashtags. Juice cleanses are just that. Drinking various juices for a certain amount of time, usually under two weeks, in hopes of an internal cleanse. And the advocates say it detoxes them, and it resets them, gives them more energy, weight loss, better vitality, better overall health. So detox. Do juice fasts detox you? 
Now, detox fads are a multi-billion dollar industry, but there's no good evidence that juice cleanses do this. Although theoretically, you're getting some good vitamins and minerals and cofactors to help with liver detoxification, and you're also getting more fluid to the kidneys, which is a good thing. But it's missing one of the most important pieces for proper detox, fiber. You gotta be pooping. You need healthy stools that are helping detoxify the body over and over and over. That's a big part of detoxification. Not just peeing, even though peeing is very important. So I believe a well-balanced diet is a much better tool for detox than doing a juice cleanse. Does it lead to weight loss? Well, yeah, of course. Well, you're consuming less calories. For everyone, it's gonna be a big drop. But once you refeed, the weight is gonna come back. And that, that should be obvious. But look, I'm gonna tell you straight up. I don't think juice cleanses are necessary or are life-changing. If you've had a different experience though and did it safely, then don't listen to me and it works for you. With that said, if you wanna do a true juice fast, go back to my episode with Dr. Mars and he talks about doing a diluted juice fast, a fast, a true fast, not a cleanse. And that being much more beneficial and I actually stand more behind that because that's treated as a fast. And to learn more about that, he goes over all the details. But anyway, if you're gonna go on a fast, a better way to do it would not be consuming a bunch of juices that may have a lot of fruits juiced into it that have high sugar that will be disrupting your blood sugar, ultimately taking away from the true fasting benefits. Do I hate juicing? No, I actually love it. I think we should aim to make ourselves a low sugar, 95, 90, 95% vegetable juice, not fruit juice, different, different. You wanna make sure you're making vegetable heavy, dark green chlorophyll rich juices and using only organic produce and drinking about 16 ounces daily. Now, the seasons change. If you don't wanna do this in the winter, listen to your body. But during the summer and spring, I actually think it's really important to start getting some juices. Not a juice cleanse, but juice in the morning. Over time, it'll be beneficial practice and I believe it'll give you much more bang for the buck. Remember on a juice cleanse, you're not getting the necessary fats and proteins that are important to sustain health. So it's a main reason why it shouldn't be done for a prolonged amount of time. If your immune system is compromised, avoid unpasteurized juices. Keep up with any signs of having too low of blood sugar, right? If you're not drinking enough or getting enough nutrients, you might feel weakness, headaches, low energy, feeling faint. And if you have a history of eating disorders or current eating disorder, I don't recommend doing a juice cleanse or at least talking to your doctor. So juice cleanses, mostly myth. What about Profi? Protein and coffee. This is another new popular trend with 42 million hashtags on TikTok. And it's just about mixing protein powder with your coffee. Should you be doing it? I mean, if it tastes good and it's more efficient to you, then it's fine. Some of you ask if hot coffee or hot liquid will ruin the protein when it's mixed. And the answer is no. You should be fine. You should be getting all of your amino acids from the mixture. The biggest thing if you're doing this, is that you have high quality coffee and high quality protein. You can't just be going to GNC and getting your protein. You can't just be going to Walmart and getting your coffee. You're gonna be worrying about, especially in coffee, things like cadmium, chromium, copper, manganese, nickel, lead, even high amounts of zinc, too much zinc, right? These are metals that could have adverse effects that are found in coffee. Also, you wanna make sure that your coffee is not contaminated with these heavy metals, especially lead. That's a big one in coffee, as well as mycotoxins. There's different mycotoxins that can be found, especially because mold will be growing on the coffee bean. This is less of a worry, but heavy metals is the bigger worry. 
If you wanna do this protein coffee mix, that means you gotta get good quality coffee. Go back to my coffee show. I list all of the best out there, the top of the top and all of the worst ones out there. If you're drinking coffee every day and not even mixing it with protein and it's part of your day, go back and find out the best ones of the best. You gotta make sure if you're doing something daily, it's the best quality. And as far as protein, it's got a lot of the same concerns. Heavy metals can be found in peas, uh, and a lot of these ingredients in plant-based protein powders are at risk for having high amounts of heavy metals. This is why I did the legwork for you. Go back to my protein powder show and use those best plant-based protein powders that I mentioned. So if you wanna mix this protein and coffee mixture as part of your morning, make sure you go back and pick the best of the best. Dry scooping protein powder. I'm not even going to address this TikTok trend. This one's stupid. Uh, if you're gonna mix protein powder, do it with liquids first and just avoid choking from this trend. I don't know why people do this. Chlorophyll, okay, this one takes the cake. Well, as I was doing my research, I thought, you know, 100 million hashtags was the one. 150 was the one. Chlorophyll has 555 million hashtags on TikTok. Should you be using chlorophyll drops? Well, what is it? Chlorophyll is a natural compound. It's present in green plants and it's what gives them their color. And it's how plants absorb energy from the sun. You ever hear wheatgrass shots? A lot of health advocates are behind this. It's mostly because it's mostly chlorophyll and we're getting the benefits. Now, the claims for chlorophyll and utilizing chlorophyll drops are pretty broad. And some of them aren't science-based. Now, they say it clears your skin, including acne and rosacea, promotes weight loss, detoxes your body, helps digestion, can help prevent cancer helps with injury and wound healing, is a natural deodorizer, and it'll reduce inflammation. So are all of these claims true? Some yes, some no. Let me say this. There's limited evidence behind chlorophyll as a supplement and utilizing it for benefits. We do see some better evidence around skin care, particularly around wounds, and smaller preliminary studies around acne and sun damage showing some improvement. It may help with red blood cell health, Again, smaller studies, we need better science to know the extent of how it supports our red blood cells. Really, the evidence out there on chlorophyll is mixed. For me, anecdotally, I do have chlorophyll drops. I put them in my water. I did a short reel about this a while ago. What I find that it helps for me is fresh breath. I always notice I have a better taste in my mouth, a cleaner taste in my mouth. I also use chlorophyll anytime I'm going to the sun for a prolonged amount of time for skin protection. I find that it helps my skin. I can't claim this for everyone else because we don't see long-term studies yet. Again, the best evidence out there is on skin protection around wounds, maybe some on acne, red blood cell health, and some, just some on odor. But we need more research around it. And definitely, we don't see any research around weight loss and cancer. So I don't think you should be taking chlorophyll liquid or chlorophyll drops instead of eating your veggies. Do the veggies first, and then chlorophyll is an adjunct to it. My final take, there's some truth, mostly myth. Talk to your doctor, try it out for yourself and see if it works. There you go, all of the TikTok trends. I'm gonna explore doing this every quarter, you know, to keep up with the trends. I know a lot of people are asking questions about it, but I hope you enjoyed the last two episodes and thank you for listening. Try out the ones that are in truth, see if it helps you and your health. And if you're watching on video, you may notice I have this dope Heal Thyself shirt. We got the anatomical heart, Heal Thyself over it, organic cotton. This one's the yellow one, you know, feeling radiant today. 
Go to hts.today, go get some Heal Thyself swag, support the show. Again, all sustainable, all clean, all organic, and some beautiful designs. Check it out.